Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Okay, this is the Brad and John Show. I am Brad. He's John. The web address is bjshow.co, bjshow.co. Okay, you got some great topics. You give three top three this morning of the johncombest.com website. And third one was public radio. Uh, The uh, situation with the station in Kansas City, which is the University of Missouri station in Kansas City, they have three stations. They have uh, St. Louis, KWMU. They have the uh, Rolla station, which essentially is programmed pretty much of the day by the St. Louis station, KWMU. And then they have KCUR. Oh, excuse me, they have four. They have the station in KBIA in, 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 in Columbia as well, too. Okay, this is a trend that's sweeping the nation that all the public radio stations are going union. Now, I'm not a not a non-union guy. I'm not a union buster kind of guy. I understand unions, and if you go back in the history, especially of labor, and this is not as, you know, working at a radio station is not labor, but if you go out back in the history of labor, you're talking guys who are using their hands, who yes. are in dangerous environments, guys and gals now. Um, and what's funny about this is a guy who watches... Lots of YouTube videos. If you watch these videos, these guys in these third third world countries working on things, pouring molten metal, yep. and they're in sandals, you know, and they're in and sandals. And you know what they're doing? They're, they're getting the materials, Brad, for electric cars. <laughs> right. They're exactly. mining ho- cobalt. Exactly. Well, they, maybe not uranium. They have, they're mining cobalt. And these are the conditions. You they know? have. And it would make a Teamster, you know, their, their stomach turn. Well, it would make – see – even me, I know a lot of the OSHA regulations, okay? Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I do this sometimes on people put up videos and I'll put, wow, can you count the OSHA violations? You know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. and we're, we're talking in the United States. Well, anyway, the point being in other countries, there is no government regulation. These guys are out there. I mean, I saw a, a video the other day of these guys, I think is in Indonesia, someplace Indonesia, they're rebuilding car batteries. So they're cutting these batteries open and they're oh. pouring the acid out. They have no eye protection, yeah, no, no gloves, not. no nothing. They're in sandals. Then they're messing with the lead, which is inside the battery. And then, and then as they rebuild the battery, they're pouring new acid into it. Once again, no eye protection, stuff like that. And then what they do is to put new terminals on the top of the the battery they're actually you know creating molten lead and pouring it into a form which essentially forms the post the battery post i'm going like holy cow in the united hey, states you know what and that those are those are the exact reasons brad why why st louis public radio and kansas city public radio need to unionize you know <laughs> just imagine working at a desk and having to right. you know Having neck pain from <laughs> an eye strain from staring at your screen, Brad. Do you want your content creators well, subjected to that? Well, more importantly, having to keep your head sort of in one position as you're talking to the microphone. You can't just move around. <laughs> you know, you got to keep your head pointed right toward that microphone. I mean, can you ima- can you imagine if you were if you were a teamster and a guy came up to you? from St. Louis Public Radio and said, "Hey, hey, I'm a union member too." And you were like, 
Wow, really? What what union are you a member of? I'm a member of the St. Louis Public Radio Guild. We fight economic injustice and systemic racism. And you'd be like, wow, that's great. Like, uh, pleased to meet you. Well, I know you're being facetious there, but but see, wow, what hardworking conditions you must have! Well, Thank goodness you have a labor union. Going back to the to the union thing once again, you know when the country when we went through the industrial revolution, there was a problem with people being workers being injured, you know, Absolutely. limbs cut off, you know, uh, you know, killed, you know, dismembered, all sorts of crazy stuff, and the unions came in and said, hold on a minute, you know, this is not right, you know, this is, you know, it's terrible working conditions. You're working these people 18 hours a day. You're putting yeah. them in terrible situations. You know, they can, you know, be be killed, you know, maimed, injured, all that kind of stuff. And unions came in and essentially said, we're not going to allow you to have your, your people, your employees under these conditions. And it was good. The unions did good. Well, the problem now is the government does that. The unions yeah. don't really come in and do that anymore. It's all, especially if you go on a construction site, it's all OSHA, which is the Occupational and Safety and Health Act or Administration, whatever. It's all OSHA regulations. Those aren't union regulations. Those are OSHA regulations. So the union has sort of morphed into this thing. I'm just going to say this, and I, you know, some may disagree with it, but it's morphed into the thing where essentially they are protecting the workers from treatment that they don't think is fair from the management. Now, the crazy thing about this is in radio, radio is the kind of business where I worked, one of the stations I worked at, we hired a guy on Monday, we fired him on Wednesday, okay? In a union situation, that would never happen. Right. And and the problem that I have with the whole thing with public radio is they have the absolute positive best deal in the radio business. They don't work real hard. They're not a slave to ratings. If the station doesn't have any ratings, who cares? It doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. They're, they're not held to any sort of competitive standard. They're not selling advertising, so they don't they don't care what the ratings are. They, you know, and the product could be terrible. I mean, you know, essentially radio, what we're doing right now is free market to the point where if this radio station sucks and nobody listens to it, mm-hmm. ooh, maybe that's the thing I just said the two bad things. Anyway, <laughs> then when we go out to sell advertising, the advertiser is going to say, Joe Advertiser is going to say, why should I buy your radio station? Nobody listens to it. Yeah. And we can't get any money from it. But with public radio, the whole deal is that they have big companies. And you listen to NPR and, you know, this, this program is underwritten from a grant from the, the, uh, the, Melinda, Foundation. the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, they, you know, because he got these billionaires and millionaires just sending them checks. Yeah. And plus what you know, always... who, you, you know, by the way, Brad, next time we get next time we do a phone in. How about Tim Eby weighs in on this? He, you know what? I don't, I don't want to get him in trouble. Okay. Um, let, 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 forget I said anybody listening. Forget I said his name, and definitely do not go to scribe and look up what he posted about the working conditions in St. Louis Public Radio. Do not do that. Don't got, go to johncombest.com and search for Tim Eby and see what Tim says as his own words about St. Louis Public Radio. Uh, it's not kind. Uh, Tim Eby is a guy who, uh, once again, I can tell you the story that his predecessor, um, who was um, Patty Wente. Uh, Patty Wente uh, was uh, Wente, whatever you are pronounce it, was a victim of a, uh, shall we say, a um, grudge match against her and the news department, and which is most of the people at the public radio because almost all of them are in the news department. They have a ton of news people, and once again, did they do any news on the weekends? No, 
Do no. they, do, you know, once again, do they do, they, they cut down the number of local newscasts. They do, I think there's only one or two of them in the afternoon. And there's some in the morning. Once again, I pointed out the fact that public radio in St. Louis, KWMU, only does one hour of live local programming between noon yeah. and one. It's unbelievable. They replay that between, was it between seven and eight or six and seven? Yeah. So in other words, the technically evening. they have two hours of local programming, but one hour is just a repeat of the other hour. They have this huge monstrous staff. They do no breaking news. If if like if if the arch fell into the river, you'd never know about it on KWMU. You know, I mean, it would just not happen. I mean, they you know they they're very well. Uh, our listeners don't really care about the arch because they don't they don't like going downtown. And you know they uh, they'd rather go to the <laughs> they'd rather go to the to the art museum. You know, and and if something happened, the art museum, oh, we'd jump right on that. You know, if you yeah, know, but yeah. Now their argument though, Brad, is that they need the content creators because nobody else will tell the story of uh, a transgender, handicapped, minority, Shakespeare in the Park producer who's dealt with long COVID and overcome it. No, Who else will tell that story? Well, Riverfront Times. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Danny Wisontowski, who who fittingly works for St. Louis on the air. So I guess the RFT and St. Louis Public Radio have a strong relationship, obviously. I I don't know. Who knows? It's just one of those bugaboos for me to the point where it's like, like, okay, this is an unfair playing field. And, you know, they keep saying on KWMU, listener supported. That is BS. Of course. And by the way, they posted a lot on social media. I know you're not a big Twitter guy, Brad. They posted a lot in the week leading up to the end of their pledge drive and every post was we're 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 short of our pledge we're short of our pledges we need you to stay on the air and it's like that's can BS. you imagine being a little old lady let's stereotype right. a little old lady in university city you know who 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 went to woodstock and you don't have a whole lot of money but you send them $100 and you think, this this vital local programming is going to go off the air if I don't send them $100. Well, and it's and the crazy part of that is all the programming, uh, you know, if you figure they only do one hour a day, every single program on that radio station now is streamed and a lot of it is on is is on the podcasts. You can yeah. listen to, mm-hmm. you know, This American, what is it? Or, or, who's this the, American Life. This American Life with Ira Glass. You can go on the, and that's one of the top podcast in the country it yeah. a lot of times it shows up in top 10 npr shows up in top 10 of podcasts and once again they're making money off the podcast you can listen to npr and for a while i even i even saw it thought to myself wow i can't believe they're doing that npr would say you know you can stream us on at npr.com and i'm thinking to myself okay what they're doing is they're telling everybody you don't really need to listen to your local radio you station you don't need to turn it right. on absolutely you not can just, why would you when you can just stream right it? now they've changed that on the network they say, and you can stream this content on your local NPR affiliates. In other words, the idea they're pushing people toward the NPR affiliates, because maybe the NPR affiliate said, hey, why would you keep telling people to stream your programming when they can hear it on your stream when we've got it on our radio station? It just drives me nuts. Okay, move on to that. Uh, I took a trip, and I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've done done this. My oldest son lives in Pensacola, Florida. Mm -hmm. And this may sound very strange, and when I tell people, and I still have people that think I'm absolutely positively out of my gourd, which I am, (laughs) I go down to have dinner with my son on Christmas Eve. I've done this four or five times. I can't remember which one. And I drive down. One day, I, you know, and I did this over the weekend. On Sunday, I left at 5.30 in the morning. At 5.30 in the evening, I'm at my son's house in Pensacola. I drove. That's nice. That's I, a great trip. I drove almost 12 hours straight nonstop. 
I have dinner with my son, now his girlfriend, Jamie, he's a wonderful lady, um, and talk a little bit after dinner. I go to bed at 10.30. I get up at 5.30 on Christmas morning, and I drive back. I'm back in St. Louis by 5.30 last night, okay? Now, let me give you the interesting aspect of this. I am able to do that because I have a car that has an ICE engine, in, internal combustion engine, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a little car. It's one of my rescue cars. People talk about rescue pets. I have rescue cars. <laughs> I have cars that people are going to literally send to the crusher, and they give them to me or I buy them. This is one of my rescue cars, and I won't say what kind of a car it is because, but it's it's got, as a matter of fact, I think when I looked at it last night when I got back, it's got 264,000 miles on it, okay? I was able to do that in 12 hours because I made two gasoline stops both times, and I'm in and out of the gas station, including going into the bathroom, buying myself a soda and maybe like a snack or something like that, and filling my tank up. I think the one time I timed myself, 11 and a half minutes, the other time was like 13 minutes, okay? If I had a electric car, I could not have made that trip. For sure. Because, right, I couldn't have not, well, I could have made the trip, but it would take me two days because I would have to stop and, you know, buy a hotel someplace along the way. And and because, and once again, I'm in and out and and to the point, if I didn't go inside and use the bathroom, it'd be even faster. (laughs) Right. If I just stayed at the pub. Or you packed your own soda and snacks. Right. If I just. And you could have worn an adult diaper. Right. (laughs) You know. Okay. Let me, let me fess up to something. On the way back yesterday, Christmas Day. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to make my, I gassed up at Bucky's in, in, uh, uh, in, uh, um, uh, it's, it's actually halfway between Mobile, Alabama and, and Pensacola. It's actually in Alabama. I gassed, I gassed up at Bucky's, you know what Bucky's is people go, oh, yeah. you know, they know exactly just what Bucky's is. And so I'm to the point where I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching my, you know, my range in my car. It tells me how many miles to empty, all that kind of stuff. I thought, you know what? I need to gas it one more time and I'll make it all the way to St. Louis on the, on the last tank of gas. Okay. So I'm in Tupelo, Mississippi on US 45 heading north and I get off at this Texaco station and it looks like it's closed, but I think to myself, well, man, you know, there's lights on inside. Okay. It's open. And I put my credit card in the machine, you know, in the gas pump and it took my credit card. They must be open. Okay. So I pump my gas, and I am like, it's the slowest gas pump in the world, and I've got to go to the bathroom really bad. I'm going, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Mm -hmm. I pump my gas. I walk up to the door of the station. It's closed. It's locked. So right behind me, two cars pulled in with, with, you know, families and stuff like that. One car on the other side of the pump. And as as I pull on the door and I walk away, the one guy next to me says, it's closed? I go, yeah, it's locked up. And he goes, well, we had to use the bathroom. I said, well, so did I. Yeah, so yeah. all of us went over to the side of the, of the gas station where there's a creek, and we urinated out in public. So, Brad, I was just going to say, <laughs> was there a tree nearby? But you did me one better, and there was a river. Well, the, a creek. The creek, was a creek. the creek was down the hill from where we're at. So here nice. I am. When you got to go, you got to go, Brad. Here I am next to the dumpster and a little bit. Probably about a hundred feet away from me, there's a dude and his son who are yeah. urinating on Christmas Day in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'm going like, see now, what's interesting about that is in most states that's illegal because you can't have unattended gas pumps. Oh, I, I thought I thought you meant the. Uh, um 
I thought you meant the act of urinating. No, urinating. well, it's, it's in public urination, you know, now, because indecent you were exposure. In Tupelo, yeah. Did you hear Elvis singing, It's a yellow Christmas <laughs> at the gas station? But, but, but see, once again, in most states, it's a violation of, of the fact that you can't have, you have unattended uh, uh, dispensing of gasoline. Matter of fact, there's a place, I don't know if it's still out there, there's a place out on St. Charles Rock Road off Earth City Expressway that has an unattended, unattended, unattended gas station. And they have to have all these special sensors and sprinkler systems and stuff like that. But apparently in, in Tennessee, you don't have to have anybody working. The pumps can just be on with nobody there. You mean you know? Mississippi? No, I was uh, I was I was in uh, yeah Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm sorry, yeah, Tupelo, yeah, Mississippi. Yeah, because I, yeah, I also go through Tennessee. Go through that's the the sort of the sneaky route that I use, which is I'm an interstate kind of guy, but I use this. I go 55 down to 155, and then I cross across the Mississippi into Tennessee, and then you yeah, go. Yeah, I have the map up right now because I was wondering what towns you went through. Yeah, there. I went through Jackson. The only crazy thing about that is you go through the heart of Jackson, Tennessee, and you are literally driving around in the city in small little neighborhoods. This is where 45 goes it's sort of weird you know and you go past the town square and the whole bit and then you, once you get on 45 south of there it's pretty much four lanes all the way until you get down into um uh, alabama we got to go we're over time already john we'll talk to you tomorrow all right it's eight o'clock